You are listening to Deeper Roots, a podcast to help equip the members of New Branch Community Church to glorify God by making disciples of all nations. For more information, visit newbranch.com. Welcome to another episode of Deeper Roots. I'm Tyler Recker. Is this thing on? I'm Ken. I'm Matt Baker. Yes. Uh, so here we go. Do you know the word? I got a word for you. I'm, I'm going to do my best John Keyes impression. Triscodecophobia. Do you know what that means? I do not. Matt? Uh, Master education, whatever? No, I, have, I have no is idea. That a, is, that a, is that a fear of chocolate chip fear cookies or something? Or? Triscuits. Tris, try. Fear of the number 13. This would be our 13th episode. So if you had this oh. phobia, you would be fear, afraid of the number 13. Hey, oh, look, nice. how, you like that? Uh, what are we talking about today, Ken? Uh, we are doing our second part in the sub-series of Gathering God's People. Uh, and we're talking about listening to the preaching. How do we listen well to sermons? Yes. Is that what we're that talking about? That is exactly what we're talking about. So you nailed it. So on how can we, we're going to listen to, an average church member is going to listen to 45, 48, 52 sermons a year on the Sunday morning uh, time. So uh, how can and we... We're, and we're keeping track. And we're keeping track. <laughs> we're tallying how many. Earl knows. Um, <laughs> the, uh, so how can we do that? If we're going to listen to, to that many sermons a year, how can we get the most out of that? And how can we... Um, make make the most of that. So I thought it might be helpful to talk to to start this conversation to talk a little bit about what we believe as about preaching. So we are committed to a specific style of preaching, expositional. What do we mean yes. by expositional preaching? Um, what we mean by that is that um, we say what the word says. Uh, so the points of the sermon need to be the points of the passage. The main point of the passage needs to be the point of the sermon. Um, and so we're exposing, we're not talk, starting with our ideas and then trying to find scripture to back it up. Um, we're starting with scripture and we're simply exposing the meaning and tent of the scripture and seeking to apply it to our lives. And so that's what expositional preaching is, walking verse by, by verse through passages of scripture, exposing what they mean. Yes. And so primarily the way we do that is by walking through books of the Bible. Not always yes. the way, but primarily our primary uh, diet is just walking through yes. books of the Bible. And so yes. uh, when it comes to sermons, so when you're, what, what's in your mind, we're all kind of do some preaching, um, you guys obviously far more than me, uh, what, what's kind of in your mind when you're preparing a sermon, like give us like really like a, a little bit of a glimpse into that when you're, you're what, what that process looks like, like small time glimpse into it. How long does it take you to begin to prepare a sermon an average week? Um, Revelation right probably now, not average, but... At least 15 hours, um, usually between 15 and 20 hours yeah, Matt, a week. When you're preaching? Uh, 12 hours, maybe. Yeah. So um, that's why. So that's why? <laughs> it's my, my mind aren't as good as Ken's. It's about right. 12 hours, probably. That's probably average, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And like, again, I only a few times a year. And because of that, because it's only a few times a year, I think I'm far north of like 25, 30 hours with a few times that I. That I do preach. Um, so we're putting all of that time in to to prepare to really. You're you're reading the text over and over again. I mean, I'm just not trying to walk through 
all of our different sermon prep, but you're reading the text over and over again, trying to discern what does this text saying, and then trying to, after that, say, how can I communicate this to, to our people? Yeah. And one of the things that made me think of this this topic was uh, something, and maybe you've done this before and I haven't seen it, but from this past Sunday, uh, it, it stuck out to me that you were clear that, hey, this sermon is is more geared towards, I want you to stand in awe and in worship, and it's less about uh, maybe learning a lot of things. Yeah. It's like, I can't remember exactly how you said it, but that was the your emphasis this past Sunday was, hey, what you what God's people gathered here today need to get out of this is the glory of Christ, right? Yeah, and you just you, you have to let the the word speak, right? And that and that simply comes from, um, I, I I would not have arrived at that if I had just spent the entire week dissecting. Mm-hmm word for word what does this word mean what does this word mean the greek i I did that um but the reason i came back with that exhortation like don't focus so much on taking notes this week be in awe of the glory of god is just from reading that chapter in its entirety as as it was written uh to read it in that same way and and walking away from it saying what was the what was the overall intent here the, the the intent here was that we would be in awe of God on His throne in heaven. Yeah, I I loved that exhortation. This again at the time we're recording it, it's this past Sunday, which was Revelation four four. Sorry, what was that one? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I love that exhortation. And I thought you really did a good job of just like stirring, like the the content of it was stirring and pointing to worship and whatever. So I thought, absolutely, I thought that yep. was well. Uh, a, well, well done, and accomplished that purpose. Um, you need, you know, for the glory of God and God working through you. I know all those who you're feeling uncomfortable with the compliment, and those are the things that you want to say right after that. So, amen. Um, so that does get to a point, though, the intent of a sermon. Now, it would seem to me that each kind of text, because the text would have different intents, the the, the sermon then has a different intent. Some of them are more geared toward the to use language that we've used before. Some of them are more geared towards the head. Um, some of them are more geared towards the heart and some of them are even just more geared towards getting us to do something towards the hands. Right. Right. So, um, those, the text, what we're saying when talking about expositional preaching is that the text really determines what kind of, what, what we're, what the intent is there. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we don't bring application to the text. The text informs our own application and, um, yeah, it's going to be different every week depending on what the passage of scripture is, um, and you know some of that comes from just I don't know if we want to get into the details of it, but, but looking at the verbs, um, you know how how does the author use verbs? There are verbs that are commands. Yeah. They're telling us things that we ought to do, and so we should walk away from that sermon saying, "Okay, I ought to do those things." Am I? Yeah. Um, what do I need to uh, apply from this? Sometimes they are simply asserting truths yeah. that we need to affirm and that we need to believe. Are we believing that? Are we living like we believe that? Mm-hmm. Um, so those applications need to come from uh, the, the text itself telling us what to do, what to think, uh, what to believe, how to feel, how to be encouraged, how to be challenged. 
Um, all that comes from the text. Itself. So as we think about like how we can get the most out of listening to it, thinking through then that there are different texts that are going to have a different emphasis for that. Uh, I think it's easy to think about sermons as just like being something that I'm learning from. I think that that would be, maybe that's just me, but I think it'd be easy for me to say, this is like a lecture and I'm only just going to learn things. And today I really didn't learn anything new or something like that. But what we're saying and talking about the different kinds of text is that sometimes you might learn something and sometimes you might hear something that you already know, but the point of it is to stir up your affections, stir up your heart, stir up your convictions, um, and just stir up your worship. Um, and then there's other times I think of, uh, so like to, to, if when we were in Romans, there was periods of that that were going to be like really technical, right? And uh, because it's like legal language and legal arguments that he's using. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that's going to be something that's really heavy teaching. It's a doctrinal type letter. Right. Um, and then, you know, we saw an example of a heart one this last time in Revelation 5, 4. Or, sorry, I did it again. Uh, and then even I think Bob's sermon was was really more one of those that was heavy hands. Like it was it was that was the emphasis of it was like, hey, raise your kids in the, you know, like make the word of God central. Now, obviously, it was great that the first part of that was worship, but then there were like very clear commands: raise your kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so it was going to be something really geared towards application. And so if we're going to listen, all that long point to say, if we're going to listen to sermons well we should come recognizing that they're not all going to have that same 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 emphasis every week right yeah yeah i mean i think uh different uh each text has its own mood yeah. right some text or uh sometimes god's word is very confrontational yeah. it confronts us uh sometimes it's very comforting mm-hmm. um and, and it's meant to comfort this is one reason why it is important to go back to a previous podcast uh, come to church every week right because mm-hmm. uh, you may um you know you 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 get confronted one week you get comforted the next week you get uh, exhorted another week you get rebuked one week um and so i think i think too to to ask yourself am i really listening like you said not just hearing and hearing a lecture and maybe learning some things but am i really listening and so uh out of this past week uh, as we're talking about this um, i'm it's friday when we're recording this and so i'm thinking back okay we had this grand picture of the lord's majesty and glory uh on his throne and uh so how have i lived in light of hearing that this past week was i really listening to it am i seeking to apply it uh what what fears and anxieties have i had this week and and how should i think about those fears and anxiety in light of uh the sovereign god who's on his throne you know uh those types of things what 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 end goals have i had this week what what has driven my life and and now, if I hold that up uh, to to this holy God on His throne, should I be living differently? Am I really listening and hearing this? I, I think those are some things uh, to think about uh, because so easily, um, the the things of the world, uh, the distractions of the world, can quickly come and, and choke out God's word. Uh, so anyway, those are those are some some things that that I'd say. So what- I, I think I think the you know the, some of the application questions that you just mentioned in reflection on that sermon the fact that we do that sort of thing in our base group i think it it helps to train us to listen yeah. towards that yeah. um because ultimately here's here's what god's doing he's forming god's people yes 
through the preaching of the word, and myself included. And so what's happening on Sunday morning is that he's, he's, this is a means by which God is using to sanctify us and to grow us in faith and to mature us. And that's going to take on a myriad of different um, ways in which that will happen, but it's happening. Yes. He's growing us. He's deepening our walk with Jesus. He is growing our faith in him. Um, as the as a result of us uh, being hearers and then doers of God's word. Yes. Yep. yep. Yeah. So, what other kinds of with that in mind? That that's the aim. Like God is speaking to us when somebody stands up and opens up His word and has spent their time like reading and, and studying. Like God is His word is coming through in that. Uh, what then? How? What are some other practical ways that we should listen to sermons? Uh, honestly, I find it helpful to take notes, yeah. um, and I'm not necessarily writing down all of the points. Sometimes I do. Um, I'm I'm recognizing, and I encourage the church to do this. Don't don't write down what I say. Write down what God says. Mm-hmm. Uh, God's speaking to us, and so uh, to the degree that I'm anchored to the text, which is another part of this. Sure. Make sure that I'm anchored to the text. Make sure that I'm saying what the che- what the text says. But um, when I take notes, when Matt or, or John, Jonathan or Bob or you preach, I'm taking notes as to what, what God is telling me from the text. Yeah. Right? And, and that helps me. I'm partially a visual learner, and so just the act of writing this down helps, helps me to ingrain that. So I think that's a helpful, very practical Yeah, I can't, uh, I can think of some, any, any number of times where like I'm taking notes and my wife's like reading my, her, my notes over and like, stop that, but whatever. She's like, that's what you got out of it? And I'm like, no, like that was what hit me. It might've been like a sub point or something or whatever, yeah. but that's what mm-hmm. like hit me and that I felt convicted by was this thing. And so, yeah, I yeah. definitely commend taking notes. Think, I think what else? Well, on on the note taking thing, think through maybe how I I do not take notes that often uh, during a sermon, and it's because I writing is very laborious for me. So, as I I don't spell well, I'm th- I put so much thought into writing. I'm like, now what did he just say? Yeah, you know. So I don't take a lot of notes. I do think, um, but if you do and you take notes that way, like what Kim was saying, do that. Um, or uh, think about make taking notes effectively like what yeah. you were just saying if there's something ooh, i need to revisit that uh let me go back and circle up to that just write a note that will that will help you with that i would i would offer a word of caution like with technology i've watched folks as i preach at times if i mention something a quote or something i'll see them get their phone i know what they're doing they're mm. looking it up online don't do that that's yeah. a distraction make right. a note and go back and do it later don't right. do it during the sermon because you're being distracted so i'd even offer that as a word of caution uh because now we have computers you know in our hands not not in our laps but yeah. and it's really easy to do that and and the do it kind of can we read the bible on our phone can you read the bible sure yeah yeah i mean i uh yeah you can you can you can turn or scroll okay? I, <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean you know I, you guys know i use an ipad for all of my sermon listening yeah, it's because, i mean yeah i would offer the same caution do you have notifications turned off uh i don't so I, I, w- I would encourage could be a distraction. That, that, I mean, to me, it would be a distraction. Yeah. If I was on my phone trying to read the passage and I'm getting a notification, you know, that my ring doorbell went off or yeah. somebody walked in front of my house or, you know, I'm not listening to God. I'm, I'm reading a notification. 
So I, I affirm that caution to be really careful about the use of technology because as in all other areas of our life, it's a great tool. It's a terrible master. It can be a distraction. No, I, I agree with that. And for some people, I think like my, I think my knee-jerk reaction when I get a text or something like that that pops up on my iPad is just like on Sunday morning, it's just like clear that away. I don't need to see that right now. Um, but I can totally see that using a phone or an iPad is just a really quick gateway to like now I'm surfing the internet. I'm looking on whatever Facebook or something like that. So right. yeah, right. I use it to screenshot the text and then be able to mark it all up and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, that's good. Great. Great tool. Um, yeah. What other, what else, what other kinds of practical suggestions for listening to sermons? I think when it comes to note taking, uh, one of the things you said, some, I take notes most weeks, but then sometimes I am listening and I'm like, you know what? I don't need to take notes today. And sometimes it's even more helpful to maybe debrief after, to, after when you get home and say, what stood out to me? Like, what is what is lingering from that sermon today that God is like impressing upon me? So maybe right. that's sometimes more, more helpful, depending again yeah. on the kind of text. One, one, one of the things... I- I don't know. Uh, as as I listen to some of the younger guys that 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 we give opportunities to teach or preach or whatever, um, I, I'm listening critically to, to like some of their homiletical skills and, and trying to make notes of that so that I can encourage them and 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 it makes it really hard to actually hear the heart of the sermon. And so I know I like I make lots of homiletical mistakes in the delivery of the sermon and use the wrong word or uh, mix up my grammar or double speak or say um or whatever. Yeah. Um, just try really hard to not listen to that. I think so. Yeah, I think that's listen good to God behind behind me. Um, God is speaking through His Word. He's using a very fallible instrument no matter who's preaching behind the pulpit. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the potential to get in the way yeah. with our speaking ability and all of that. So just try to set the speaker aside and listen to what God is saying. Absolutely. Through his word. That's good word. And I, I think that I can think of uh, just being honest, like not here, right. But in other churches I've been a part of, like someone will come up and it's like, man, that guy's preaching today. And that's my attitude. It's like that guy's preaching today. He's not my favorite or something like that. I don't think that's a good attitude. Um, like right. the Lord is going to speak through whoever. And maybe it's, a, maybe you think that person's boring or maybe you think whatever, but the Lord's, he's about to stand up and he's about to preach God's word. And this is what it means. God has provided for like building his church. So, whether it's homiletically great or whether it's boring or entertaining, like inter- entertainment value is not the measure of a good sermon. Amen. No, not at all. Um, Thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I still have a job. So, so that's not like, that's not the measure of a good sermon. The measure of the sermon is, is this in accordance with like, is this, is he being faithful to the text? Yeah. And if he's being faithful to the text and look, I listened, I still, I'll still listen to another sermon in the future and be like, that was boring. But, yeah. But below that, I'm like, but it was faithful to the text. And so if I can, if I can look past that and focus in on the points being made or whatever, that's what's more important. Because it's actually, this is open up a whole other can of worms. It actually might be really healthy for you to not, to be bored listening to whatever. Like if you find it boring, you don't have to be entertained all the time. It'd be really Mm -hmm. healthy for you to just be whatever and sit under 
preaching. Good, we, right. good preaching week in, week out. Yep. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Yeah, we need um, yeah, we need that uh, that space. We we definitely live in a culture that says we should be entertained all the time, and that's that's not healthy at all. Um, also, thinking about removing distractions, technology. I mean, if you're hungry before you come to church, that's a distraction for you. If you're tired, sleep more. That's a distraction for you. I know there's uh, seasons of life where that's not possible to sleep more, and and that could be a form of suffering. Uh, if you're a new mom uh, uh, and you're not getting sleep with a young baby, or there's other health things going on, or work. Uh, but if at all possible, uh, try to remove those distractions. I would also encourage. Uh, I would work hard not to be a distraction if at all yeah. possible. There, there's going to be distractions. I know we can't remove them all, but if at all possible uh, to, to try to just remember uh, that, that sitting around you uh, are people who, um, um, who who need to hear the gospel and who have yet to repent and believe. Remember sitting around you are people who um, who need to hear God's sanctifying word just like you do. And So, so don't be the like pen clicker. Person. Yeah, no pen one likes pen person. yeah, trying not to be that person. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, and and you know, we could fill in the blank on what is a distraction. I think it's a good word to just be considerate along those lines. Yeah. And, and and on the flip side too, I think to recognize hey, there's going to be distractions. Correct. And so, man, set them aside. Yep. Yep. You know, um, if if you're if you have a young child in your home and the child is is crying, does that mean that you're never going to have a conversation with your spouse? Right. You're going to learn how to deal with that. Right. right. And so uh, can I just be that blunt to say, learn how to deal with Absolutely. it? Yep. There's a crying baby. Um, and you know, just learn how to deal with it. Right. Listen to yeah. what God is saying. Yep. Uh, and try your best to not let things distract you. Don't be the one that turns around and right. gives that mom the eye. Because yeah, that look, my my wife's not too far from from that that period of having crying babies or whatever, and she you know miss week in week out or whatever because the baby's mm-hmm. crying. And so if the baby's if, the, if she's like oh uh, maybe it's crying maybe it's not, and she's trying to stay in there, then she she needs to hear the word too. And so right. yeah, I would. I would just echo that and say, if you're one of those moms with the crying baby, you're welcome here and there's keep the baby. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we would have uh, at Redeemer, we had a big set of windows and it went down the side of our building where people were sitting. And if anybody left, it was like everybody in the room watched it like an animal in the zoo. You know what I mean? Like through, through the glass. I'm like, guys, it's just a person walking, you know, like, like let's stay focused. Let's stay. So yeah, you're right. You've got to, there are, uh, and, and, yeah, hopefully, uh, don't don't mishear me. There will always be distractions. We can work to eliminate them, but we can also work hard not to be distracted by, oh yeah, that person's getting up. And the more important thing is not watching them walk walk down the yeah. to the back of the church, but yep. to, to hear the word. So, yep. Uh, listen to a sermon. Here's my advice: listen to a sermon from what God wants to say primarily to you. Amen. Not yeah. like what God is yeah. trying to say to. Oh, I know someone that needs to hear that. Yeah, you're not listening yes. for other people. Yeah. Now you sometimes you hear something that you think will be helpful for them, but not like, oh man, I know I know who needs to hear that. I'm gonna send them that podcast leak this week. But yeah, like you need to deal with your own heart first right. and That's foremost. Good word. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Very you, good encouragement. Yeah, you may think, man, I wish so-and-so was here to hear this. Well, in God's providence, you are there, so make sure you're actually hearing it, too. I, I, I totally agree. There is a, the danger of listening for others. Yes. <laughs> yes. Or listening for the one beside you, and there's an elbow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, 
I don't know. Or my wife like elbows me or whatever. I'm like, I already know. I knew that was coming. <laughs> so, <laughs> you knew that was for yeah, you. I knew that was coming. You didn't. <laughs> you didn't need it. So, um, any other final? I mean, I think we should not underestimate the value in this as one of the means that God uses to grow us. Yeah. Um, and, and, and particularly the one of the ways that he grows us together as a church community. This is the common teaching that we're all getting. This is the common things that we're all, like we might all be reading different things throughout the week in our devotional, personal worship, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But this is the common thing that we're all walking through together. So, uh, that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good point real fast. That, that that's a way to help us listen too. We're doing it in base group like Ken mentioned, but uh let's talk about it yeah. more. You know, like uh, Jonathan Lehman, the book's been updated since, but the reverberation uh book, let the word reverberate through the life of the church all week. Yeah. So so ask somebody, well, something from the sermon that really encouraged you on the way out. Yeah. Uh or um or how, how were you challenged or encouraged by God's word? You know, what's something you just got out of the sermon uh, today? Uh, that's a way for God's word to continue. And we're helping each other continue to listen uh, to to God's word, even when we leave the yeah. gathering, the room. Hey, maybe, maybe this is a, maybe this is too far. I'm putting you guys on the spot. What is the kind of sermon feedback that you're most encouraged by when someone gives you that? Oh, uh, without a doubt, it's when someone comes back, not right afterwards, yeah. but um, but that comes back a, a week, two weeks, three weeks later um, and shares with me some kind of fruit in their life that they've experienced as a result of what God said to them through the word on a particular Sunday. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, through applying it, through putting it into action or, or whatever, uh, there's been some sort of fruit in their life, some kind of tangible um, growth in their faith or something along those lines that they've seen um, and they can attribute it to what God did in uh, a particular Sunday through through the Word. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think um, oftentimes, okay, so if somebody was to, to say, well, okay, the most encouraging thing is when you're like, I, that was a bomb. I just bombed that one. Uh, and I, I didn't do the, and somebody's like, that, sermon was so helpful and I'm like well that was the Lord because I thought it was awful you know and and so that's really encouraging and I think at times when someone's like that that was that was helpful and or that was good and I'll say well well, what was helpful about it I'm not fishing for a compliment I really just want to know like what what helped from God's word because that's encouraging for for me to hear and it can make me I hope by God's grace a more effective preacher yeah I'm, I'm I think the generic like that was good like sometimes I'm like, hey, you're just well-meaning and you're being encouraging or whatever. Yeah. But, um, but it, but it, what I agree with you. What is more effective is like, tell me, tell me what the Lord spoke to you about. And sometimes right. those are things that they're not ready to, sure. to share or sure. whatever. But I'll tell you the best, and I can close with this maybe. Um, the best feedback I got from after this is preaching at another church. Uh, the best feedback I'm saying best a little bit facetiously was a. Um, much older lady that came up to me and said to me, well, you got through it. 
<laughs> she goes, she said, you can tell you don't do that much. Oh, that hurts. I've been preaching at that time. I've been preaching week in, week out for like four or five weeks in a row. And I'm like, well, you know what? That was hilarious that you said that. And that, and I'm just going to acknowledge with you. I, I didn't say this out loud, but I, in my mind, I was thinking, I'm just going to acknowledge with you that this was not a good sermon today. That's, that's <laughs> but I hilarious. Can see she's like, yep. Well, you got through it. You can tell you don't do that much. That's so wow. Funny. That hurts. That hurts. Yeah. Uh, but so, I enjoy laughing at your expense. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, uh, we will continue on at some point in the future talking about other elements of the gathering and how we can get the most out of it. But that's our episode for this week. So we got through it. We got through it. We got through it. Have a great week, everyone. Yes. Yeah.